0: continue in acts remember the key verse in acts comes out of acts chapter 1 verse 8 which says this it says but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in all judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth now you know when we read those all of us start off with purpose statements in our life maybe not literally but we we say this is my purpose this is what i plan to do we have plans and sometimes we follow when sometimes we don't, right? But the amazing thing about Acts and this whole church, the movement and Acts of the church growing and going forward, was that it actually followed the plan. And so we're going to look at that today about how that works. And uh, I thought I'd start off because I would talk about football, even though it's not football. Well, it's kind of foot. No, it's not football season. No, it isn't. It's March Madness, Okay. But we're in the area where we can talk about football because I was reading a while back a couple of stories. One was this past year. Um, I don't know if m- m- many of you know this, but Dan Baker, our children's pastor, grew up in Texas, in Houston. And uh, he was talking, we were talking about football. He's a huge uh, Nebraska Cornhusker fan. I don't understand why, but he is. And, uh, and But he's talking about high school football in Texas, and he said, you wouldn't believe, you know, we think it's crazy around here. He said, you just multiply it by 10 in Texas, and that's what you understand. And so let me give you an example of that. Two stories this morning. The first one is this, and this is the headline. Actually, this past year, it says, A $60 million palace for Texas high school football. Um, Allen High School, just to give you the highlights, Allen High School, which is out in a suburb of Dallas, uh built recently just completed this past year a 60 million dollar football stadium for their high school team this is no ordinary stadium and it says it in, 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 in no ordinary state where football ranks near faith and family the three f's in in uh in texas are faith family and football i don't know if you knew that or not but it's about the truth uh the residents voted in 63% in favor of $119 million bond in May 2009, which included the stadium and auditorium for fine arts. I'm glad they do something else with the money. And a, cent- a service center for the district and what else? Anyway, Allen is the third largest high school in both Texas and its area, which includes two larger schools in nearby Plano. It has more than 5,000 students in grades 9 to 12, more than 600 members in the nation's largest high school band. Can you imagine a band that has 600 members in it? How do they get them on the field is what I want to know, you know, uh, and they have a campus that spreads across 65, a 650,000 square foot campus, man, what a school, it's unreal. Uh, and, and the new uh, school, the new, the new uh, stadium and everything also contains an athletic center uh, with the football team's offices, an indoor practice field. A weight room, a film room, and separate locker rooms for football, soccer, basketball, and track. And a picture on the wall near the expansive trophy case features the students who accepted college athletic scholarships last year. 44 of them. Okay, now that is a scale beyond Washington and Metamora, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I read that and I'm going like, wow. But when I read that, I also read an article, or actually had heard, uh, actually I was listening to a message by one of my favorite pastors, he's a great storyteller, his name's Max Licato. And Max Licato was telling the story about another game that happened in Texas between two football teams. This happened a couple of years ago, and it's a little bit different, because this game was between... Two teams that were very different. One was between Grapevine Faith Christian School, which is a school that's, uh, really, once again, like a lot of schools in Texas, the team has 70 players, uh, 11 coaches, it has, uh, you know, state of the art equipment, it has everything, it has a huge following of fans, thousands of people come out on, on Friday nights to see the team play. And they were, had a game in that, and in in this particular season, they were, had just moved up the division. They were seven and two in their division, which was good considering they were playing all kinds of teams even bigger than they were. They were a powerhouse and they were getting ready to play a team that was so far different from them that was unbelievable. The the team they were going to be playing was a team called Gainesville State School. Gainesville State School is a school that actually is on the campus of a maximum security correction facility. They have 14 players on their team. Uh, they have no fans. A matter of fact, all the kids on Gainesville State have to make good grades in their school and prove themselves so they can actually be on the team, all 14 of them. And most of them, all of them, have committed crimes ranging from robbery to to drug charges and all kinds of things. And most of them, their families are either totally dysfunctional or have just totally pushed them aside. And when I read this story about the game that went on between these two, uh, it just just hit me that, you know, the thing is, is that what a difference it is. Because when you think about this, and, and the other thing about Gainesville state is they, they play no home games all their games are on the road because who wants to come to a correctional facility to play a football game and so the coach though the coach Chris Hogan of Grapevine Faith in this school that had everything came up with a unique plan and I just watched this video that kind of tells you what happened with this school After the game, they gathered at midfield and uh, both teams prayed together. And uh, they say one of the most amazing things was when the uh, quarterback, the teenage convict quarterback of the Gainesville State team, uh, he surprised everybody and he asked if he could pray. And this is what he prayed um, Lord, I don't know what just happened. So I don't know how to, how to, how to or who to say thank you to. But I never knew there were so many people in the world who cared about us. After the game was over, the fans from Faith Academy went over, and they not only you know did what they did during the game, but they gave the, the kids from Gainesville State uh, uh, a meal after the game. They gave them hamburgers and fries and, and, and uh, candy bars, and, and they also gave them a Bible. But they also had the players. This is what's amazing to me. Uh, they had the player I can't get, I can't, I've already seen this six times. So what's the problem with me? Um, <clears throat> they had the players from Faith Academy to write personal letters, which they gave to the kids from uh, Gainesville State. You know, <clears throat> the thing is, is that when I hear these kind of stories, you know, we ask the question, what happened? And the kids, I'm sure the kids from Gainesville State were up with their noses pressed to the windows as they drove off in the correctional bus. Um, probably were asking, what just happened? And we know what just happened. We know what just happened. It was a group of truly changed people who say they believe in Christ acting upon it. Because they they uh, broke down the walls of bigotry and bias and and their weapons were... Acceptance and love and saying words like, you still matter to me, to these kids who no one was saying that to. Do you think any walls separate God's children today? <laughs> I'm not talking about church people. Everyone's God's children. Any walls that bisect your world? Maybe you stand on one side of a wall and And on the other side are people you either were taught to distrust or maybe people that you've learned to distrust over a period of time. Who could that be? Could it be convicts? Could it be people who are of a different race? Could it be people who maybe speak a different language? Maybe some redneck down the road? Maybe the immigrant? The tattooed teenager? in acts chapter 8 uh, there is an interesting story and you remember the purpose and the purpose in acts chapter 1 verse 8 it's of uh, the, uh, the the story the main verse says that we're to be when the holy spirit comes we're to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea which kind of means like people close to home but then it says something about Samaria and i always thought that was kind of an interesting thing because unless you understand the hatred between the jews and the samaritans you really don't get what that was all about and about the impact of what was happening in acts chapter 8 beginning with verses 5 and four. because by the time that jesus came along about 750 years after this bigotry this hatred between samaritans and jews had started There was this this huge, I mean, we think 750 years of people hating each other. Not just disliking each other, hating each other. I mean, this, the Jews and Samaritans, Samaritans were considered a half-breed people, a mixture of Jew and Gentile. And, and the nation origi- originated when the Assyrians captured the ten northern tribes and they're going back in history in around 732 B.C. And they deported many of the people and imported many other people uh, who intermarried with the Jews. And the Samaritans had their own temple and their own priesthood. And they openly opposed fraternization between with the Jews. And the Jews disliked them just as much as the Samaritans disliked them because it got to the point that the Jewish people in their Mishnah, the book of rules in a sense that the Jewish people had, had all these rules that simply said that Samaritans were unclean people. Everything about a Samaritan was unclean, was repulsive to the Jew. It was even said in the Mishnah, it said that an Orthodox Jew would rather double the length of his journey than walk through the region of Samaria. Not even put their feet in the ground. In a prayer that was prayed by Jewish males, and this is kind of interesting, says this, I thank God that I'm not a Samaritan or a woman. That's a male doing that in that culture, by the way. But now was the prayer they prayed, many of them, every day. So this barrier between Samaritans and Jews was huge. In the early church, where did it start? With what group? People group. Jews. And God said, and and Jesus said, He said, "You're to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. That's kind of where the Jews were hanging out. But now you're to be my witnesses also in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we'll be looking at that, in the ends of the earth part next week, as we go forward in this. And then Chris is going to be talking about a couple of weeks from now about uh, the whole thing of 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 man, the person who really initiated this whole thing and, and the world, the the world evangelization. But even looking back, it's interesting about where jesus sometimes about how he often went against tradition remember one time he went into the land of the samaritans he spent a day there this people that jews didn't talk to and he went he walked through a samaritan area he talked to a samaritan woman remember that in scripture it's the truth he talked to a samaritan woman he drank from a samaritan well and he ended up going to a samaritan village and jesus loved to break down walls and as I began to look at chapter 8 of Acts, I began to realize there's this theme there, and we're going to talk about this week and next week. It's this theme about how, and when the Holy Spirit continues his work through the early followers, when Stephen was martyred, and we talked about that last week, the last couple of weeks, we see Philip, Philip, one of the early guys, along with Stephen, who was called to be one of the early deacons in the church, people who served in the church, God raising him up, and as as people were scattered, where did he scatter them to? Well, one of the places he scattered them to was this place called Samaria, this place where Jews hated to even be. And so this morning what I want to do is I want to look at part of what Scripture says in Acts chapter 8. I can't cover everything. You have to pick and choose because I don't have time to cover everything there. So we're not even going to look at the story of a guy named Simon uh, in in the story we're gonna look at the bigger story that takes place there you can go back and study simon and we'll maybe look at that at another time but right now we're going to look at the whole thing about what happens when philip goes and and uh, in, into uh, this place called samaria so if you have your bible with you this morning turn to acts chapter eight we're going to begin with verse four it's kind of where we left off last week and it says this those who have been scattered preach the word wherever they went pretty simple right those who were scattered, when Stephen was, was, was martyred and the people scattered, it says they preached the word wherever they went. Now that's important to understand because they didn't just scatter and take off and hide in the corner. They were, once again, they were on purpose. They were on mission. They were empowered by God's Spirit and God's Spirit allowed them to, even at, in the midst of being terrified for their own lives and they scatter everywhere, they, as they scatter, they preach the word. And then in verse five it says, Philip went down to a city and Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. Who was Philip? Philip was one of the Jews. He was one of those who had been called by God. He was the person who hated Samaritans because of the culture he grew up in. Keep that in mind. Then in verse 6, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. I mean, obviously God was working in some way to try to get people's attention and they followed, paid attention to what he said. He said, for with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. And now let's go down to verse 12. The thing it says there is this, but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized both men and women. As I said, in the midst of those verses, there's a story intertwined about a guy named Simon. And I thought about teaching on that, and I said, "No, well, let's teach the bigger story this week, and then down the road somewhere, not in this series of Acts, but somewhere else, we'll talk about Simon. It's another whole story." But I want to want you to realize what was happening here in this place, this area of Samaria, this place where people lived who had a, this this uh, antagonistic relationship between them and the Jews. As as the people were scattered, the people that believed in Christ were scattered. They, they teach, they taught, and, and what happened was that revival broke out a revival broke out that in the region of Samaria, and people became followers of Jesus Christ and then what the Bible says here is interesting because when they heard this and remember who were the, the the primary leaders when the church started they were the apostles, people like Peter and John and some others, and they were still back it says earlier it says they stayed back in Jerusalem. But when Philip and these others were were going out and they were beginning to teach, and this revival is taking place in this place called Samaria of all places, Peter and John heard about what was happening, and the Bible says they came to see what was going on. In verse 14, when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to Samaria. When they arrived, they prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them. They received the Holy Spirit. Now, I want to tell you something. I didn't want to preach this because this passage itself has caused so much problems in the history of Christianity. Commentaries have been written on this one passage of Scripture. Because it seems to be something here that's out of the ordinary, out of the realm, because if you remember back in, in, the uh, in, at, on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2.38, Peter said this, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And when you do that, you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It seems like a package deal for pretty much everywhere else. But for some reason here in this location, in this place in Samaria, it was, it seems here that, that uh, it seems to be something that where people there seems to be this exception some people who were baptized in christ but they hadn't received the holy spirit and the question that causes all the consternation for us is why the delay what's the difference what is unique about this what is god trying to say through this one unique circumstance here in this place where these people are baptized in samaria and then they later on receive the holy spirit And as I begin to think about it and read through and think and study and and do all this and pray about what this said, to me it says this, and for many people it says this, it seems that in this instance there seems to be something that God wants to clearly show about this wall of prejudice and how it had been broken down because this is an unprecedented breakthrough in the early church. This is not a common everyday occurrence that Samaritan and Jew will have a relationship with one another and even talk to one another, much less God going into that place and and working in their lives. And so for the first time in 750 years, the Jews and the Samaritans are coming together and this wall of bias and hatred has been broken through. And I believe that the reason, and I can't tell you this, other people to debate this as well, I believe that what God is wanting to do here in this instance is God wants to make sure that people have no doubt that this has happened by having Peter and John, the primary Jewish leaders in the early church, to come and authenticate that this is really happening. To begin clearly to show that God accepts all people. Not just some people. And while Philip was a was a follower of Christ, Peter and John and some others were the were the primary leaders in the early movement of Christ. And when they came to put their stamp of approval upon what was going on here, it said something to the people back home, to the Jewish people back in Jerusalem and other places. Hey, this is real. And you see, God calls Peter and John not just to go and to be spectators, but what does it say that he did? They went and it says they laid their hands on the untouchables. See, we had all these, we don't even understand that concept, do we? You know, there's certain people are untouchable, but in that culture, you don't touch certain things. People are considered untouchable and Samaritans were untouchable by touching the Samaritan that made you unclean. And here God calls Peter and John, the leaders in the early church, to go and to lay their hands on untouchable people to touch the untouchables. And when they did so, the Samaritans received the Holy Spirit as, as if God is saying, see, I accept all people who call upon my name. And then we read in verse 25, as we go further, it says, And after they further proclaimed, the word of the Lord, and testified about Jesus, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. This, I was trying to figure out a way to illustrate what what this would mean in our culture. And I don't know if we have any kind of, I don't have anybody that I think that I have the same kind of prejudice against that the Jews and the Samaritans had, or that you and I have. You know, I told you before the, the jokes that we make about uh, people from Washington and, and Metamora about football, you know, and, you know, about the, I told you about the guy from Washington one time, said, yeah, I was a metamoron. You know, I don't know what, you know, I mean, that's that's minor. That's just trivial stuff. This is, this is, this is, but, you know, I'm trying to say, who is it in our culture that we have this kind of antipathy, antipathy toward See, because the whole chapter of chapter 8 of, of Acts is really devoted to this theme of breaking down walls. And the amazing thing is, is not only did Peter and John go back, go into the village and authenticate what was happening there, but if they hung out for a while, they continued to preach themselves. They followed the lead of this next generation leader named Philip and actually followed his lead and stayed there and preached and, and touched some more untouchables. It wasn't a one-time thing. And the question I ask when I looked at this is, you know, what are we supposed to do with Acts chapter 8? What is God trying to tell us? And I think one thing is clear, and we'll see that next week as well, when we talk about Philip's next assignment after this one. And the one thing that I think is clear is this, he wants us to know how much he loves the person on the other side of the wall. He wants us to know how much he loves the person that's different than we are. The Apostle Paul said it this way. In Ephesians chapter 2, and I take this from the message translation because I like the way it's worded. It says this, He, Jesus, tore down the wall we used to keep each other at a distance. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separately, or separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, He created a new kind of human being, a fresh start for everyone. Christ brought us together through His death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace and that was the end of hostility. See, what it is is this is the cross creates a new kind of humanity. When God came to us, it's not just about us learning stuff and going home. It's about God changing our hearts. And what happened in the early church we see clearly is this, is that God changed the hearts of people who once thought of each other as untouchable, wanted to push each other away, and He draws people together to literally embrace one another. The cross creates a new kind of people, a people who are unaffected by skin color, by ethnicity. He creates a new people not based on common geography or ancestry, but on a common Savior. Because at the foot of the cross there is no hostility. There's no Samaritans, there's no Jews. Let me ask this question Who are the Samaritans in your world? Who are the Samaritans in your world? The people you look at differently and distrust. Because I tell you this, I have to be honest with you. I have found that even the most open-minded person, if you dig deep enough, has some. has We have we have some biases, and and we sometimes we grew up with them, and sometimes we learned them by experiences in life. And the example of Acts chapter eight, in a sense, is a lesson for all of us. God, you know, you know, look, have you ever thought about this? That God could have made us all the same. Wouldn't that be boring? I don't know about you guys. But I think it'd be boring. I mean, he could have made us all the same, and the only way he differentiates us is by the number or something he puts on us. You know, I'm number one thousand two hundred and twenty-seven million, or something. You know, and everybody. You look at all the same. He could have made us literally everybody identical. Do you believe God could do that? Yeah. So it is intentional on God's part that we're different. It's intentional. It's not a mistake. That people have different skin colors, people speak different languages. So no matter how we appear, our creative God made us different. That was part of His plan. But so often all it takes is for somebody to be different for us to be afraid of them. Uh, There's a saying that says this, prejudice is the child of fear. Prejudice is the child of fear and the father of hate. See, when we're, somebody might be different, we can begin to fear them because we don't really understand them. See, the thing that I see, the, the lesson that I think, I, I think clearly that comes out of this week and next week as we talk about is that God wants us, once we, His Spirit comes into our life, one of the primary things He wants us to do is He wants us to learn to break down walls. His Spirit empowers us to overcome our fears and our prejudice and our bias. Did you know, and I found this to be interesting, that in just a few years, I forgot the exact year that's going to happen, in just a few years, the U.S. will be the most racially diverse nation in all of human history. It's not far away. And I hate to tell you this, that. All of us who are Caucasians will be no longer the majority. Does that scare you? From a Christian's perspective, it shouldn't. But for some people, it does. You know, I'd ask the question how would Jesus live if he were here? And let me tell you how, how I think we don't only have to guess, we can know how Jesus would live if he were here today physically. Because he showed us he would march right onto the Samaritan soil. He would drink the Samaritan water from the well. He would initiate a conversation with a Samaritan woman or a man. And he would open his door and build a bridge. Because that's what he did when he was here. He wouldn't let class or race or gender or culture get in the way of breaking down walls and building bridges. The story of the early church is about God saying, hey, church is on a move. we got, we got to go forward. And the forward to go forward, we must understand that we can't let this, this stuff that holds us apart any longer keep us that way. I think this is what he, would te- he teaches us in this. When one side goes over to the other side and cheers for the opposing team, Everybody wins, especially God. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, go to greatoakscc.org.